the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Misha Dimitruk, branch manager and senior loan originator with Essex Mortgage here. NMLS 694427. Joining you, as always, to bring you the most interesting and exciting information, strategy, and opinion, obviously, my own, uh, and opportunity to learn something new about what's going on in home lending, provide you with maybe a new thought process about how to achieve your real estate goals. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you would like some information about your current transaction, about a future transaction, how to structure yourself, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My phone number is 831-435-0385. My email is M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. That's E-S-S-E-X mortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have a great show for you today. Lots of information coming your way. This show is really about you, our listeners, uh, the experiences that I encounter in my role on a day-to-day basis and helps me understand what information gaps or holes are out there for consumers about how to achieve their real estate financing goals. It's something that is exciting to me. I I enjoy the opportunity to support you in learning how you're going to achieve your goals, helping you structure a path to your own success and being able to be the one on the sidelines to sort of check in along the way and and see how things are going. I've had some great calls from some of our listeners uh, in the last few weeks as, as things have been shifting in the market and we're seeing rates coming down a little bit and we're seeing the prices of homes lessening a little bit and we're seeing a little bit more movement in the market. And that's freeing up people a little bit mentally and emotionally sometimes to decide they're going to get back into the game. Now, for those listeners who are following the show, we do a weekly challenge. Uh, You're familiar with this. For the new people, every week I reach out with a question or a a challenge in a way to ask you about your opinion or about your experience. And last week's challenge was asking for people who have owned, bought their homes in the last couple of years, have they looked at what it means to get out of their mortgage insurance? Now, yes, rates are higher than they were, but for some people, depending on their credit at the time, depending on their down payment, depending on the situation, their mortgage insurance might have been a very high dollar amount every month. And depending on their income, it may not have been any part of a write-off. So the opportunity for some people to get out of that mortgage insurance and even have with a higher interest rate, 
a better tax position on their payment or even a lesser payment overall is absolutely available. So I had a great conversation with Chuck. Now Chuck reached out to me. He bought his house a little over two years ago and he was calling because he he had a, a conundrum. He and his partner were getting divorced and she wanted to be removed from both the property and the loan. And that put him into a really tough spot because the interest rate that they have was amazingly low. And so we walked through the steps of why he can keep the loan that he has and still meet all of her needs. Now, the reason she wanted to get off of the loan, she wants out of the ownership of the property uh, because he's now living there and he's willing to pay her out the equity position. That's the difference. Um, but she wanted off of the loan so that she can turn around and go and likewise make another purchase without having to carry both mortgages. I explained that when Chuck provides her with 12 months evidence of payments from an account that she is not on, that that payment will be removed from her qualification. Now, he immediately put her on the phone. We had a conference call and she understood the position. She did not want him. She felt bad about having him be in the position that he was going to have to take a higher interest rate and increase his monthly obligation, because ultimately that resulted in less money for their children and alimony and the whole separation. Uh, so it really turned out to be a big win for their entire family, despite the fact that they were going through these very challenging, you know, an emotional aspect of their relationship. So it's not always just about severing. It's not always about making a deal in this, in this industry for me. Sometimes it's just about helping people understand the position that they are in and the benefits of the situation that they have now and how to successfully navigate around them and live in this life in the best way possible. So it's very exciting um, to end that conversation and have both of them separately communicate back to me that this really provided both of them with such peace of mind and such a, um, a happy place for them that they really felt so comfortable allowing each other the opportunity to to work through it this way. And he gets to keep the great rate. Uh, she has the benefit of the mortgage still being something positive for her credit rating, but doesn't have to qualify carrying the payment. So a little bit of information can go a really long way. Now, I spoke with Terrence and Vicki, and they bought in December of 21. And they they bought with limited down payment funds. They did not anticipate even looking at refinancing, um, particularly with how the market has even gone, but they have achieved some great market appreciation, even though some of the values in their area have come down, but not tremendously enough that it impacts their ability to get out from under the mortgage that they have now. They both were open about the fact that they had very low credit scores. They called them the minimum qualifying score when they applied. So their credit scores are in much better places now. They've done a lot of work and they are very happily in the mid and high 700s. And the benefit to them is that they get out of mortgage insurance. They're able to get financing based on their new and amazing credit scores and that they value that opportunity because they don't have to think about it again for a, a period of time. So they're both very excited about where their financial position is. They took all of the advice that they were given when they first got formally pre-approved 
And they said they they just barely, barely qualified to begin with. And now they're so much happier and so proud of where they are because they did the work. And when they followed the advice of the professionals, they got where they needed to go. They could not be happier. Now, Leanna bought in uh, April of 2022 and she bought a condo. She did not anticipate moving. She wasn't really excited about buying the condo, but she wanted to get in. And she's now seeing the rents in her condo complex is definitely more than what she's paying on a mortgage payment and definitely enough for her to cover not only her principal interest, taxes and insurance and the association dues, but also the cost of what it would be each month for her to take a line of credit on her condo now to be able to use as a down payment on a property that she wants to live in and maybe something else that she'll be able to explore with. So Leanna is really looking at the opportunity here of parlaying this property into the next one that she's really much more excited about. And that's the benefit of getting your foot in the door is that you get to ride that market and you get to make those decisions on what's available down the road because you've made the investment. In the Bay Area, we generally receive 11% market appreciation year over year. Obviously, the last few years have been unprecedented growth in the market. And even though people are indicating that values are coming down some or we're seeing a leveling of the market, that doesn't mean that values and appreciation is not going to remain strong. It might not be as strong as it was, and people might not be getting the growth year over year that they had been getting for the last few years, but real estate is not losing still. And in this market, we're not seeing that as what's going to come down and happen for us here in the immediate future. What we are seeing is a cooling. And for a lot of people, that's a great thing. For a lot of buyers, that's a great thing. For the professionals in the industry, that's a great thing. Uh, for the sellers in the market, that still means that all the equity that you gained is available to you if you sell. And I remind all of our listeners that your property really only has value twice, once when you buy and once when you sell. If you're not using that equity, you are losing that equity in fluctuating markets. So there have been a good many people who came to me and said, well, I, I own my house free and clear now, and I'm really sad that my Zestimate doesn't show the value that it showed last year. And I will absolutely put it back to them. Well, what were you trying to do with your property that the Zestimate actually matters? And they say nothing. I was just watching it. If it doesn't have any bearing on what you're trying to do, then it's just perception. And your perception you know, could be great. You might think your home is worth $3 million, but what someone else is willing to pay for it might not nearly be that much. So we want to be conscientious in this market of the opportunities that are still available. And right now, I think we are on the precipice of a very big boom in the Bay Area. Because interest rates came up, because of the holiday season, we had a lot of buyers who were warming themselves up to the idea again. But more than that, we had a lot of sellers who really took a step back and said, let's see where things go. They, their realtors advised them not to sit out on the market with high prices and just ride out long days on market to see if they got any interest. A lot of the advice that I've been hearing is that sellers have been told, wait till the middle end of the first quarter. 
get your property prepared and list it in the spring, expecting there to be a nice little boom. In all of the history of watching what happens in the housing market, even when there have been downturns, there is a pause in the market where we will see a little bit of a slowdown and then a tremendous jump before we actually begin any type of decline. I don't know what the decline we might experience is coming, might look like, or if it will be more of a steady normalization of the market. But we do anticipate with the number of realtors that I've spoken to that have properties coming to market in the next 30, 60, 90 days, I do anticipate an influx of properties coming that will spur these buyers who are again warmed up because rates are coming back down to the opportunity to get their foot in the door and to buy and capture these properties. Sellers are still excited about the ability to take that equity out of the market. There is a, a large population of baby boomers who are looking to leave the area, whether it's for retirement purposes, whether it's because they're, they're tired of fires or floods or uh, tremendous rain, whatever the situation may be, they have just made the decision that they are leaving. They are leaving behind an opportunity for every buyer out there to vie for that property. So we want to make sure that everyone's in the best possible position to capture that property when these properties come to market. We are going to talk a lot today about pre-approval and the benefits of making those steps and getting that taken care of as soon as possible. There is no time that is too soon to look at your formal pre-approval because if there's any work to be done, you need to know how long that will take you to achieve and make sure that that keeps you in line with achieving your goals. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area, we are back and we're talking today about preparing for your future financing and being prepared for what we anticipate is going to be a nice opportunity for buyers to discover some properties that may not have come to market for for a very long time. So in the preparation, we want to talk about your documentation and getting all of this together in advance so that you can get in front of myself, my associates here at Essex Mortgage, and find out exactly what it is that you qualify for, what that looks like at about a monthly obligation for you, and ensure that you understand the, the process of what you will be going through in order to make that purchase. So the, the documentation, let's start there. Now, for some people, this is a very challenging aspect of the application process. And whether it's compiling all of their documentation or the somewhat confrontational experience of sharing these private documents with someone else, please know we here in this industry are all professionals and we absolutely understand uh, the hesitation involved and very much so the need to keep these documents secure and shared only with people for a business purpose, much as you would expect when you go to the doctor that you are sharing the truth about your personal health and your body and something very personal to you, you expect to be treated with respect and with kindness. And you should absolutely have the exact same expectations here in the financial industry and that you're treated with respect and kindness and met with honesty and options. So when it comes to the documentation, if you are an employee, if you're a W-2 employee, 
you're going to need to provide at least 30 days of pay stubs, 30 days of the most recent pay stubs. Now, if you earn any type of fluctuating income, such as commission or overtime or bonus, all of those have to be averaged. So you may be asked for, in addition to the most recent 30 days of pay stubs, your year-end pay stubs for the prior two years. This is going to allow us the opportunity to determine how much of that commission or overtime or bonus income is eligible for use in a home loan. And that for a lot of people, that's a, a can be a sizable portion of their pay. Uh, when it comes to your tax documents, if you are an employee, you're going to need to provide your W-2s. If you're self-employed, you're going to need to provide your tax returns. If you're, These are all full documentation loans. Uh, so if you're providing your tax returns, we need your federal tax returns, all pages and schedules. We also need to make sure that it's the tax returns that actually show your social security number. Sometimes your tax preparer will share a copy of your tax returns with you that have your uh, social security blocked out with asterisks. This is not allowed. Of course, we obviously have to have all of the identifying information tied to you as the borrowers specifically. So even if it has your name and your address on it, you're going to be required to provide the tax returns that have your full social security number on them. Know again that all of these documents are kept securely and used for business purpose review. You're going to need to provide bank statements. The most recent two months of bank statements for monthly accounts, all of the pages, even that page that says left blank intentionally, even the page on the back of the statement that's for reconciliation, if it's numbered, all of the numbered pages need to be provided. And please do your loan originator the favor of providing them in the document sets that they come to you in. Sometimes I find that people will try to send me individual pages. And I had one gentleman who sent me 67 individual pages rather than the combined statement. Um, they all had to be merged together. We do have to create document sets so that we can understand all of the information together. So knowing exactly how to provide those documents is going to be key. Um, we also are going to be requiring identification. And whether it, you need to provide identification simply to align your documentation with the application or whether you need to provide it for residency or uh, work authentication, whatever the purpose of providing your identification is, most of the time you'll be required to provide both the front and the backside. Sometimes you're even asked to provide your social security card uh, to evidence that you are the holder of that social security number and that it's tied to you as an individual. Now in all of this, when you're providing your documentation, there are multiple ways to provide this in a secure manner. Typically, a lot of loan originators will have a loan origination system that you can upload where you apply. You can upload your documentation securely. If you prefer to send your documentation through a Dropbox or a Google link, or um, even I've had clients send me their documents through DocuSign, because that is likewise secure, whatever is the most convenient for you, as long as your originator can access that. There are some lending institutions and banking institutions that don't allow their employees to access those outside sites, and they only allow you limited ways to provide your documentation. Now, as funny as it sounds being here in the Silicon Valley and the tech hub of what the, we consider the world, um, email is not secure. Fax is considered more secure than email. Not very many people have a fax machine anymore, but many people can send a fax through their email. 
So please understand how your documents are being sent and understand how you can provide them in a secure manner and always ask that your documents are sent for you to sign in secure fashion. Now, when it comes to the banking aspect of when you're planning in advance, one of the major things you want to take a look at is do you have all of the money prepared for your transaction or do you still need to contribute funds? Now, if you have money at home, whether you have it in a safe, whether you have it in a box under your bed, or whether you keep it in a coffee tin in the freezer, having cash at home can be problematic if you plan to utilize it in a transaction and you haven't taken care of it appropriately. There are very, very specific money movement calculations that come into play. And there are very specific pieces of information you need to know about bringing cash into a transaction. We are going to take a short break and we'll be back after this and we'll talk more about all these ins and outs. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right. We were talking before the break about preparing your documentation for a future transaction. And specifically, we were at the part we were talking about banking. Now, when it comes to that cash contribution, it's not to say that you can't utilize cash, but you have to season that money. So the money that you have, if you need it to participate in the transaction, it needs to be deposited into your bank and you need to have that appear in your opening and closing balances for two full months. And then that money is allowed in a transaction. If you receive gift funds, don't take a check from grandma. Don't get mom and dad to give you $10,000. Wait until the transaction has come into play and have them send that money directly to escrow. There's a couple of benefits for this. One, it's a lot less paperwork for a buyer. They don't have to provide interim statements. They don't have to show the trail of money. But two, that money goes directly into escrow and does not trigger any type of banking flags because you received the money personally. Now they'll sign the gift letter. You as a buyer will sign the gift letter. Everyone will provide the appropriate documentation and evidence of their ability to gift, but you don't actually change hands with any of the money until well into the transaction. If you have had insufficient funds in your bank account, this can actually impact your qualification in that I've, I've seen it happen before where people who insufficient funded their account, they took the amount of charges for insufficient funds and added them all up and divided it by 12. And it became a liability and an additional payment that their income had to cover in order to qualify because they had habitually gone insufficient on their bank account. I experienced very recently, there is a bank out there that they provide you with credit monitoring and um, and skills updates on how to have more financial stability, but they provide you with points and a certain amount of points allows you to pay things from your account when you don't actually have the money yet. This actually shows up as an insufficient balance and it absolutely jeopardizes people's ability to qualify for a loan because they're giving them a space of a few hundred dollars to spend every month that they don't actually have parked in the bank. And it was an absolute deal killer for a gentleman here very recently who didn't realize that that was going to be looked upon unfavorably. Now, obviously, it did show that he didn't have that much money in his account, but he thought because they had given him that grace period uh, of of money uh, that that wouldn't have been an issue if they didn't take a problem with it, then why would lending take issue with it? And so it was very much a surprise. So please understand 
managing your money and showing that you manage your payments is part of the qualification process. Now, when it comes to your employment, if you are an employee, the documentation is generally very upfront. We will ask for the pay stubs, we'll ask for your W-2s, and we will obtain a written verification of employment from your current employer. It will detail how you are paid, what you are paid, what your probability of continued employment is, are you um, privileged to overtime or bonus, and is that likely to continue? It asks about your most recent pay increase, and it asks about any future pay increase and then assigned by an official at your company. Likewise, if you've had more than one job in the last two years, we will have to obtain a prior verification of employment. It's a much pared down verification. It talks about what your start dates were, what your termination date was, what your pay was, and, um, and it can ask what was the reason for termination. Many, many employers just say, we don't comment on this, but we do require that we have those verifications to align all of the dates you provide on your application. When you apply for a loan, you need to give your most recent two years employment history. And if there's a gap of greater than 30 days between any of those jobs, you need to be sure that you alert your loan originator, putting incorrect dates to make it look like two years on your application is going to backfire, I promise. We do actually verify all this information and it will come out. What we don't want to have happen is that it comes out after we're already in a transaction and now you are subject to some other type of changes or ineligible altogether. If you have questions about how to prepare your documentation based on your very specific set of circumstances, you can contact me at any time and we can have a conversation about it. 831-435-0385, again, is my phone number. Now, when it comes to preparing mentally and emotionally for the process, understanding what it's like to go through home shopping, home buying, there are processes, there are reports you're going to want to read, really important reports. There's information that's going to be provided to you about the loan, about the property, about insurance, and you need to be willing and able to read that information or have someone read it to you and have someone that you can ask questions to about what it is that you are provided. This is why you have these professionals on your team and why I encourage you to work with people who you have a good working relationship with. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, we are talking today about preparing for your future purchase or your future transaction. And for some of you, this is not just about a future purchase, but maybe a future refinance. So all of this is still pertinent information for you. Now, let's say you've gone through the process of applying, you've completed your loan application, you've provided the documentation, and you now have a formal pre-approval that's being handed to you. Does someone review that with you? Yes, they absolutely should. This should not just be a document you download online and you hand that off to your realtor and head off out shopping without any understanding of what that means. All pre-approvals, all loan approvals, in a, even in a live transaction, are conditional, meaning that they require other aspects to be brought in before any money is given. All loans are conditional all the way up until the day of loan funding. So you need to understand, what am I going to be asked to do or to provide 
or to achieve before they're going to actually give me any money. It's very, very important. I've actually spoken with a few clients who recently had pre-approval letters printed from big online institutions. They never had any human contact and they didn't read the pre-approval and they didn't see that they were approved for something pending that they eliminated other aspects of their qualification. Both uh, the gentlemen I spoke with last week were told that they had to pay off $35,000 plus in debt in order to qualify for what they had sought to buy. Now, neither one of them had the ability to do that. So they were out shopping and it wasn't until one of their realtors presented me with their pre-approval that they had. And I said, well, so have they paid off the vehicle? And she said, what do you mean? They didn't have any idea. So understanding what your pre-approval says, the terms of the loan, how much of a purchase price, how much of a down payment is required, what your expected payment is, monthly payment, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, homeowners association dues, all of that, all of that payment needs to be provided to you. Estimated closing costs, not just for the lender, but for all parties involved in the transaction. You should know what are you going to pay the estimated price for an appraisal. Now, this is a big ticket item for lenders in all of California. Lots of different companies will provide you their national average for an appraisal cost. Sometimes I see competitors who say $495 for the appraisal. Because it is a charge for a third party, that doesn't have to be accurate. It can come back and the appraiser in the market who sets the price because that's actually how it happens. Once you put out that request for an appraisal, the appraiser comes back and says, I will return an appraisal on this property in two weeks time for $1,200. That's the price of the appraisal. So if you're advertised $495, ask them how frequently do you get $495 for the cost of an appraisal? Is that the realistic charge? Because oftentimes that's something that a few hundred dollars here or there feels like the death by paper cut scenario, and people are looking to save money where they can, but they come to find out that that's not the actual price for appraisals in our market. Understanding our market costs is going to be key. Understanding what the title and escrow charges will be is also key. Unless they're being paid by the seller, buyers need to understand these costs because that's going to add to their bottom line of what they have to bring to the closing table. When you're looking at that payment that you intend to make, you need to understand what's the interest rate you were qualified at. And is that based on the rock bottom rate for today? Is it an attainable rate? Is it something you could actually, if you got into contract tomorrow, could you actually get that rate? Does it come with a points charge associated with it? Now, points are a percentage of your loan amount that you will generally pay in cash as a buyer. So do you have to negotiate for a seller credit in order to get to that price point that you qualify for? These are all pieces of information that you absolutely need to know. Your the formal pre-approval is valid for 90 days because that's how long your credit report is valid for. After 90 days, a new credit report would need to be pulled in order to have a valid formal pre-approval. Now, the generic pre-approval letter is not my favorite. It's not my friend and I don't use it in any capacity. I provide customized pre-approval letters on every offer for every one of my clients. And here is why. If you have a pre-approval letter that says you're approved for up to a million dollars and you find a property that's listed at 980, but you only want to offer 925, do you think that that seller seeing that pre-approval letter will immediately say, well, I don't like their price. They can qualify for more. Let's counter back and ask for more. Additionally, 
my pre-approval letter says that I have validated their income, their asset, their employment. I purposely called listing agent and relay over that I have verified their income, verified their assets, and verified their employment and their credit history, as well as their scores. This allows the seller to accept my letter rather than you providing bank statements to show that you have the funds to close. Again, let's say you wanted to offer that 920, 925 on the property that's listed at 980. If you send them the letter that shows that you have $500,000 in the bank and they know you're not using all of that in your intended transaction, do you think that means you're going to get accepted at the offer you've submitted or they're going to see that you have more ability than you're choosing to employ for yourself on that transaction? Part of my job is protecting my client's information and protecting their information from being utilized against them. We don't want to weaponize your cash reserves. We don't, that's your business, what you choose to spend on a transaction. The negotiation needs to take place without people leveraging that they know you have more ability. It's about your offer and their acceptance and negotiating to an in-between point where everyone gets what they need. And this is something that for the last few years hasn't been on the table. There have been a good many realtors who have just bypassed that and gone with whoever offered the most and whoever brought the most to the table. And we're now back to the beauty of negotiation. We're gonna take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes with this week's challenge. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. How very fitting. This reminds me of, uh, someone was talking to me the other day about the freedom of being a kid at a roller skating rink. And I promise you that was probably a sound that was played more Friday nights uh, than, than I can actually imagine, uh, having not been living near a roller skating rink for many years. But the concept here is simplify, simple fun, simple pleasures, simple memories. And so what I present to you at this week's challenge is to simplify. Stop guessing, start knowing. You can manage what you can measure. And so I ask that those out there who are in the market or thinking about stepping into the market to please submit for formal pre-approval, get your paperwork prepared, get yourself emotionally and mentally prepared for the process and begin seeing your success in front of your eyes by measuring your progress. When you know what your purchase power is, when you have learned what your abilities are, you have the ability to allow yourself to dream in a more realistic capacity. And you know, I know that for some people, that's a very hard concept to align with, that the freedom of being able to imagine and visualize themselves doing something different. For those of you who have been renters for long periods of time, for those of you who are having big life shifts, whether you are being required to come back to working in person or whether you've decided to take a different route with your employment because your alignment with what is being required in the work world has changed over the last few years. Whatever it is that your circumstances are, there's an opportunity for you to understand your buying power. And your buying power doesn't necessarily have to be a primary residence. If you enjoy where you live now and it's a rental and you feel stable there, fantastic. That doesn't mean you should forego participating in the real estate world. It's the most available, tangible asset that you have today. And stability is still within the housing market. When you talk with people about investing, if the market as a whole 
when people talk about the markets, if you imagine a little ticker tape or a little bar graph or some sort of a chart happening in front of you, and you can't align that with where you would want to see your money going up and down on a daily basis, if you would rather put your investment and your your imagination to work for you in something you can walk over and put your hand on, real estate is the thing for you. Prepare your paperwork. Prepare mentally by allowing yourself the ability to explore your options. When you know what your options are, then you can put down pen to paper and make that plan become your reality. And this is what the professionals here at Essex Mortgage are here for. It doesn't cost you anything to get formally pre-approved. It doesn't cost you anything to learn your abilities. It does take a little bit of your time, but having a clear path and understanding what you uh, have capability for is invaluable. Even if it's down the road, even if you know you have some credit challenges, or for some of you out there, you experienced a credit issue years ago and you wrote off credit and debt You did not get yourselves back in the game and you have avoided it for years. But for those of you who have done that, you know it has penalized you from time to time because you didn't have the flexibility or you didn't have the credit score that you needed in order to make that move. So in these types of times, it's really important that information be your armor and that your pre-approval can be your sword and help you battle through all of what it is that you need in order to get to the end result of closing the gates on the castle that you qualify for. It's a dream that people spend their whole lives avoiding. I I spoke with a woman who was 70 years old and she said she was really wanting to buy her first house before she passed away. Now, that concept was generational. She knew as a younger woman, she wouldn't be able to buy by herself. She was denied credit without having her father, her brother, her brother-in-law even sign debt for her. And in this stage of her life, she is now prepared to do it all on her own. And I've, I've never met someone more giddy about the process. This could be you. Don't wait for tomorrow. Achieve your goals as soon as possible. And understanding that path is going to help you get to that achieving point. And even if things change while you're in the process of seeking to achieve that goal. When you work with the professionals here at Essex Mortgage, you can learn about how to pivot and how to shift and where your flexibility lies. We want to help you understand your buying power. We want to help you understand that monthly obligation. And the sooner you understand the estimated payment that you'll be paying, the sooner that you can set aside that money every month, pay your current housing expense from it, Begin living as if that's the payment you're going to take on and really try that on for size. Does it work for you? How will you negotiate your life? If that's the the lowest price point that you can get to and still achieve ownership and you have to make shift in your life, it's best for you to understand what you would need to flex in your existing lifestyle to make that work. And does that work for you? Are you giving up something that you just can't live without or Are you going to find a different way of creating that same space of enjoyment with a different budget? Now, we are here to help you. We're prepared to offer you all of our advice and expertise, and we look forward to the ability to serve you. And this is the great opportunity for lots and lots of people in the marketplace to understand their power and position. 
This is not where we're at the bottom of the market rate wise and it's a hurry up and make it happen. This is a more normal rate environment that we're experiencing. And the fluctuation that we see from here, the experts are not expecting it to be gigantic, double the digit growth this year in interest rate. So you can take into consideration that this is a reasonable qualification factor that you're going to be stepping into and have that information be able to carry forward and have that path be clear for you for the time being and and until something shifts dramatically one way or the other, whether it's your income increases, whether your credit score takes a big jump, whether you get an inheritance or you come up on a, another bonus or restricted stock that's been vested and you now have more money for a down payment. All of these things can be shifted once we get your numbers in place and once you decide you're going to participate in a pre-approval. This show rebroadcasts tomorrow between 6 and 7 and Sundays between 3 and 4. But if you would like customized information, 831-435-0385-MESHA at Essex Mortgage. Be well and stay safe, Bay Area. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.